0: We've made it to Thursday. Good to be with you. I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL KCRK. So far, our weather is staying pretty mild as far as temperatures go. We haven't gotten more snow and uh, actually given a chance for some things to melt off a little bit. Turning out not to be too bad of a start for 2023. It was a vehicle pedestrian fatal collision occurring last night. That was up north of Orient on 395. Actually had the road closed until shortly after 6 last night, till about 1 this morning. Let's get an update. On that situation from the Washington State Patrol on the investigation
1: so far. My name is Trooper Ryan Sanger with the Washington State Patrol. On the 11th at about 6.24 p.m., a vehicle versus pedestrian collision happened on State Route 395, 17 miles north of Kettle Falls at milepost 256 and one of the vehicles was traveling northbound on State Route 395, and the second vehicle involved was parked in a pullout on the northbound side of 395 facing southbound. And the driver of the second vehicle that was parked was out of the vehicle And the first vehicle that was traveling northbound struck the driver of that vehicle who was walking near the roadway. Left the roadway and struck the driver of that vehicle. The first vehicle left the roadway. The cause by the investigating trooper is listed as driving with wheels off the roadway. That just means that one of the vehicles traveled off of the designated roadway surface. It looks like no drugs or alcohol were involved. The driver of the first vehicle... That struck the pedestrian. His last name is Bronner, first of Bruce with the middle R Robert. And he's a 72 year old male who's from Kettle Falls. And he was injured, transported to Mount Carmel. He was wearing a seatbelt. Charges are still under investigation for him. The deceased, last of Latin of Robert W middle initial and he is also a 72 year old male from Kettle Falls deceased at the scene unfortunately where the crash happened looks like a straight section before a curve that portion is still under investigation it was closed for a pretty long time 10 minutes before 1 is when it opened up been closed since about 6:30 p.m. so yeah that was probably the longest closure i've heard of in a while there was a lot involved there
0: well washington lawmakers they are asking the president to reverse a rule it's impacting communities along the Washington-Canada border. Dan Frazel gives us more on that.
2: Point Roberts in far northwest Washington comprises less than five square miles, but its 1,200 residents have likely been hit harder by U.S.-Canada border restrictions during the pandemic than any other Washington citizens. The only land route to the tiny enclave goes through Canada, and as long as the international border was closed, Point Roberts was essentially cut off from the rest of the world. Canada has eased those restrictions and now admits Americans, regardless of their vaccination status, but the U.S. still bars Canadians who haven't taken the shot. On Monday, the Washington state lawmakers who represent Point Roberts formally petitioned President Biden and his head of Homeland Security to remove that barrier. Representative Alicia Rule was one of the 42nd district lawmakers who signed the letter.
3: Point Roberts relies so heavily on tourism, particularly Canadian tourism. Their lives have been Turned upside down, those businesses are struggling without those incoming Canadian travelers. People are feeling very desperate. We also see this across all of these border towns. Blaine and Linden and Sumas really rely on that border traffic.
2: Rule, a Democrat from Blaine, says that while the isolation of Point Roberts spurred action by her and her colleagues, reopening the border would have positive economic impacts not just in her Whatcom County district, but in communities all along Washington's northern border. In Olympia, Dan Frizel.
0: All during the days of COVID, Governor Jay Inslee rather broadly exercised his emergency powers. Well, it looks like the Democrats in the state Senate want to protect the governor's ability to unilaterally take control of people's lives for an indefinite period. Tracy Ellis has more on that.
4: Senator Linda Wilson says it appears that Democrats killed her bipartisan legislation to reform the emergency powers law just two days into the legislative session. Any governor that is governing our state will have these powers. And I don't know if they're going to be excited that there might be a Republican someday that had two years worth of unilateral power. I'm not sure how well that would go over. The Vancouver Republican says it's disappointing that Democrats are apparently against even discussing the idea of ensuring balance between government branches during a state of emergency. That's irresponsible. I think that it's very worthy of discussion. Just because we're out of the pandemic now doesn't mean there not, might not be another emergency similar to this, maybe not a pandemic. But he will have the same powers, and that's not the way our government was set up. In Washington, unlike other states, the power to both declare and end an emergency belongs only to the governor. Wilson's bill would allow legislators to also terminate an emergency. I'm Tracy Ellis. Experience, technology, satisfaction, a written warranty, and over 30 years' experience. That's what makes Davis Auto Rebuild stand out from the rest. At Davis Auto Rebuild, customers are our number one priority, and we realize how difficult it is to be without your vehicle. So we make it easier for you with loaner and rental cars, and also help with your insurance claims. Call Davis Auto Rebuild at 684-3137 or stop in at 1175 South Main in Colville and see the Davis Auto Rebuild difference.
0: If you've lived in Colville for any number of years, you know that this year's snow plowing in the city of Colville is, well, a joke. The discussion continued at the last council meeting with the Public Works Director Rob Henry and the City Council about this year's winter plowing and the snow berm removal practices. Here's more on what went on at Tuesday's council meeting discussion.
3: I must be confused on what their mapped coverage area is. Okay. Because if they're expected to do their entire coverage area in six hours, the map that we had in the contract was from First to Columbia and Maine to, I think, Hofstetter. And there's no way to do all that in six
4: hours. With a number of trucks, they're not using just one truck. Well,
3: let's get them activated right now and clear the streets. So. Uh, they don't have, a,
4: they don't, have <laughs> they do not have anything
3: that will plow any better than we should. So, if you want a plow, well, I, I'm not talking about plowing. I'm talking about snow removal. And so, okay. like, we have a lot of berms, and, that,
4: and we've been working on those daily, snow.
3: And so, that, that takes me to my next question. Kind of goes into why I'd like to. If we can use them to speed up that process, I'd say let's go ahead and do it before we get snow again on the snow removal. I feel that we're getting caught up. There's a ceiling on that contract as it exists
4: now, and I'd like to call into the question when I know I'm not going to exceed my ceiling because then I have to go somewhere else for immediate service, okay. which we don't have anybody set up. I'd have to start now to get contracts prepared to do that. It's a tough call. You could second-guess me or be right in your guess and I could be wrong in my guarantee. We need to try and do the best we can with our existing crews. First of all, it's great training for my new drivers. <laughs> That's one thing that I, I want to make sure that I'm using my guys and training my guy and trying to get this situation in a better
3: like for everybody and so the next question is is there a current schedule of operation on city snow removal or is it more of a hot spot a we drove by we know a sperm or we got a call we got to take care of this it's a combination of both because we get complaints that turn out to be
4: factual or we get a complaint that we can't get to this storm drain there's too much on it so that kind of supersedes if we figure that storm drain is going to be very active and needed we will attack that. Picking and choosing is kind of hard to do because nobody needs the snow removed more than the person that houses right in front of that for guaranteed, But we have to also look at things like visualization down traffic lanes, high them, lower ones can be seen over. Some of them block necessary pathways to school. So it's a hard call to get everything correctly. So we try to assimilate information every day through the day, Jim and I both cruise town, as well as we rely on the crews when they're taking snow back and forth and they're out there saying, Hey, this is not good over here. We need to go over here next. It's group cooperation based on what's going on. Once we, I would say, get all the hot spots down, then I would like to, to start a plaque squirting off town and moving through areas. The problem is, if we pick this area first, this guy's last. If we pick this area first, that guy's last. So we only have one loader. We have a new backhoe that has arrived today, by the way.
3: Is there anything that the street department could do or that could assist the property owners where they regularly have a car parked? So, for example, I saw the loader was being used at the Church of Nazarene, today to remove a snow and I thought oh great they're, they're just coming down the street and so we you know me and my neighbors we all moved our cars out of the way and there's nothing wrong with that it's just you know we look for it for anticipation and we try and do our best to make sure that we're out of the way and is there any thing that we can do to kind of guess where um, the next action will be thing to that we help assist do, you guys? I think the
4: best thing to do is some kind of notification process ahead of time because once we get the hot spots we may pass four or five berms that people don't like but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're encumbering to traffic or things like that which are definitely more important in my opinion i would like to be able to do everything for everybody but obviously so this sounds like something you're at hot yeah, I, 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 I don't have anything further it's on my list okay great thanks for well the influx of new people have changed a lot of things, in my opinion. It's allowed the new drivers to drive trucks, which has allowed guys to get out of trucks and do other jobs, which is basically helpful for them because of the repetitiveness of the job. My morning around Christmas, I didn't have much morale at all. It was walk in, heads down, going to do my job. I'll do whatever you ask me. But it wasn't the same. That has dramatically improved, so have some of the conditions and the pressure.
0: What do you think of the snow plowing and the snow berm removal and that? Uh, We certainly welcome your thoughts. You can drop us an email if you like, news at kcvl.com. You can drop us a message on Facebook. It's kcvl slash kcrk. Or just give us a call here at the radio station. We'd love to hear from you and uh, let us know. How things are going on snow plows and snow removal. Thank goodness we haven't had any new snow lately.
3: Sandra's Furniture is taking a page out of Canada's book this year with Boxing Day sales throughout the store. Sandra's is bringing in the new year with new styles, savings, and selections from the World Furniture Market. It's out with the old and in with the new, so to speak. It's the January clearance sale going on now through January. Save up to 75% off on select items that have got to go. Look for the yellow tags now through January at Sandra's Furniture.
0: Governor Jay Inslee recently saying, well, he is going to cut the budget for finishing that north-south corridor in Spokane once it extended out at least another seven years. And the Transportation Commission They are holding a meeting both January 18th and 19th. It's a virtual meeting. But nowhere on their agenda for this Transportation Commission meeting is anything about the North Spokane Corridor. They're going to hear about the Interstate 5 bridge proposal between Vancouver and Portland, talking about tolling technology, also some airport study updates, but nothing at all on the agenda about that North Spokane corridor. And, you know, it's a very unique lawsuit. The, you know, maybe it's going to go the way that, you know, we had those tobacco suits and oil and gun and, Opioid and vaping industries all sued, and well, now the Seattle Public School District—they were the first to file a lawsuit. That's been, fought, you know, been followed by a second lawsuit filed by a suburban district that was done earlier this week. And we're probably going to see more coming. And this means maybe it's really uncertain legal roads. The uh, suing the big tech companies, the TikToks, the Facebooks. The U.S. Supreme Court, they are scheduled to hear arguments next month over the extent to which Federal law protects the tech industry from these type of claims when social media algorithms push potentially harmful content. But uh, Seattle School District, first one in the country to file a suit. You know Fogel Pump and Supply drills wells, but did you know they can improve the flow of your existing well? It's called hydrofracturing and it opens new water producing veins in your low producing well so you get more water. Talk to the professionals at Fogel Pump and Supply about improving your water supply with hydrofracturing. Fogel Pump and Supply, the water professionals. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, they'll be traveling to BYU. That'll be basketball tonight, Gonzaga ninth rated in the country. A look at today's local weather forecast brought to you by Floner Electric. They're at 423 West 1st Avenue in Colville. Floner Electric offering a full range of services for residential and commercial remodels, new construction, Floner also offers electrical materials for sale to the general public. Call Floner Electric, 509-684-8353. Very likely we're going to see some snow, and then we're going to see some rain. The snow level... Starting off at about 2,200 feet, going up to 5,300 feet this afternoon. 38, the expected high. Not going to get a lot of snow, half inch of snow maybe. Uh, Overnight low, very comfortable, 38 degrees, pretty calm. 43, the high on Friday. 34, the overnight low, rain. More rain on Saturday with a high of 41, overnight low of 33. Rain, maybe mixed with some snow on Sunday, a high near 40, but down to 31 overnight. On Martin Luther King Day on Monday, mostly cloudy skies, 39 for the high, 28 the low, slight chance of a little rain on Tuesday. More rain. Maybe a little snow on Wednesday. It's just going to be depending on your elevation on Wednesday. Here in the Valley, we are expecting a high of 38. Floner Electric, your one-stop shop for all of your electrical needs serving the Tri-County area since 1992. Call 509-684-8353. Give them a call today. Eric Carpenter with you. Really glad you could join us here on the radio on KCVL, KCRK.